Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that... What, Jason got everyone water except me? No, apparently we have to share this glass. What? Right? Go look in Joe's sink. It's all glasses. Oh, my... So wash one. Damn, Jason. I'm going to wash a glass for you. You can share your brother's... Right? Like, and he got it. Look at this. It looks like we're at a beach. Oh, my God, Jason. This I'm is about to horrible. put up a picture on Twitter of this glass. This is We're going off the rails here. We have a second half of slate uh, games Ooh, slated okay. for week two. Okay. Let's get it started. Michael, you don't want that water yet? I'm trying to take a sip. Yeah. Cold water. Go my ahead. My own glass. Now I got to get Michael's germy-ass germs all over me. I'm filled with the coots. <laughs> Speaking of filled with the coots, Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee seems to be filled with all types of cooties. Um, Marcus Mariota, his status is up in the air. We don't know what's going on with him. Uh, even when he is playing, uh, he is looking... Like a shell of himself. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. But one person who looked great, 13 targets, Corey Davis. Um, let's start with Corey Davis. He and did his not prospects. look great. He had 13 targets, but he to say he look looked great, great I'm, I'm super is absurd. As well. Guys, can I ask you a question? The targets looked great. The that, box score looked great. Yeah. Nothing about Corey Davis has ever looked great. Until he actually does something, he you can't be trusting him. As 13 targets, what did he do? Six catches, 63 yards. Eight Congratulations, catches. you Eight still catches. suck. Eight catches. I don't think he was eight catchers. What? I don't think it was eight catchers. What do you guys? What? Like I don't understand how last episode, you're like give Kenyon Drake a break. There was three hour long, like gaps, but no Corey Davis doesn't look good. What? Corey know. Davis looked fine. Corey Davis also had a, almost had a catch in the back of the end zone that would have made his day a wide receiver one day that he just missed. He had Dude, six catches. Yeah, the actual opportunity that I was talking about earlier with Kelvin Benjamin on the previous episode. Yeah, Corey Davis's was like minus ten as well. It's it's not good. Explain to us, please, for those who didn't listen to the last episode. Like actual opportunity, it takes like uh, Scott Barrett, PFF, does this, uh, does it, and uh, basically it takes into account the the throws, the separation, the percentage of the percent of it being actually caught, and things of that sort. And his actual opportunity, he was supposed to have like twenty five PPR points, and he did not come near that. I, I I just don't and understand. He just continues to not. What What do up, you mean continues to not? What has he done? Every single time this person plays, he's targeted over ten times, and he and produces he does and nothing with it. What do you mean produces? What are you talking about? Do you not have the same numbers that I have? Every time he's Apparently in the not. game, he produces. Every single time. What Dude, I don't he understand, had six you guys. Receptions for sixty-two yards. On 13 targets. How is that a good thing? Because the person throwing to him... Last year, he had more than 70 yards once. Like How many games did he play, Michael? He played... It doesn't matter. It does matter. He said when he plays, he produces. Yes. Produces should mean more than 70 He yards. played 11 games, right? 11 no, games. No, no, no. He started no, 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 nine. No, 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 no. He st- Timmy, he started nine games. He had more than 50 yards twice. You All right. First of all, and you, no got, you have to consider year. the fact that he Marcus Mariota... 
Marcus Mariota was the worst person in, in history last year. Second, those games that he started and played, he hardly started in. Third, when he got into the game, actually, in the playoffs, he killed it. Then he opens he the season. Yes, he did. Against Kansas City, seven oh. targets, four catches, 35 yards. Yeah, That's he had, killed it. He had two touchdowns what against did he do the New next England, game? but they lost 35-14. Okay, but he still had two touchdowns against New England. And the only two touchdowns of his career. And now he has 13 targets. When and he does turned into with them. less than 50% catches. I'm taking those, those targets. 13 Yo, targets and I'm flipping Corey Davis immediately. You're crazy. You're crazy. Take, I take just, Corey Davis. I will, you're, I will you're, put anything on the fact that Corey Davis is better than you guys think. I don't You're not talking about fake stats, though, that he's never what produced. What do you mean the fake stats? You're saying every time he's always produced. How many snaps has he had in those games? How many opportunities does he have? He does what he does with the opportunities, he, and he does it well. What are you talking about? He had about? less than 400 he is yards so inefficient. last year. Last year, 10 targets against the Bengals, 4 catches, 48 yards. Terrible. Against the That's Raiders. That's not terrible. Four catches and forty-eight yards on ten targets is. Do not me a favor. Good. What was what was and Marcus? No what was Marcus Mariota's? What was Marcus Mariota's completion percentage? Exactly. Mariota sucks too. That yeah, doesn't support Corey Davis. Yeah. And he might be hurt. Blaine Gabbert sucks even more. It does support Corey Davis when he's getting the looks from a bad quarterback. We we're just talking about Calvin Benjamin. His looks mean nothing. The, what What are you talking about? His looks mean nothing. Yo, you, guys are, Mariota, you guys are another. You guys the are not fact that Mariota isn't good. Is not a good thing for Corey Davis. It's that he didn't play good last year, but or the year won. before he played well, much he played very well. Yeah, and then teams figured him out apparently because he sucked last week. Or too. he was injured. What about and then he week? got injured last week again? Yo, he Can't played a, a quarter. They had a rain delay. He played another quarter. They waited another hour. Can we not kill these people off of one game? Mariota hasn't been good for over a year now. For one year, Corey Davis an injured year. Has so I got to see something to say he's good because right now he's not good. Corey Davis had two games last year with more than 10 PPR points. PPR, not even half PPR. PPR, more than two with 10. And none with over 12. So I don't understand. Like That's not an offense where you want the receivers. It's an offense where you want the I want guy. any offense that gives my receivers 13 looks. I want every receiver with 13 looks yes, in the league. Please give them to relevant. me. Please give them to me. But because he's I never want done wrong. anything. It's it makes him relevant, but he's never done say, anything look, with the to, looks. Look, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to discredit what you're saying because you're looking at the box score. In order, I had Corey Davis last year. In order to understand, so did I. you need to understand that it goes beyond the box score. Not in fantasy. He was not healthy all year last year. He did not play... As the number one receiver. This year, he's playing as the number one receiver. And in his first game, he has 13 targets. And he just missed the giant game by inches off his fingertips. There's a difference between the box, box score and what actually happened. But what, and what actually is happening is Corey Davis is becoming the number one receiver. And I want every single piece of Corey Davis. Especially if he's my wide receiver three. I want all of it. Yes. Okay. He has a great opportunity this year. There's no denying that. He's literally in the perfect spot he could possibly be in. Particularly against Houston. Opportunity-wise. But until he actually does anything fantasy relevant, how could you possibly say he's better than a wide receiver three? He's literally done nothing fantasy relevant in his life. He's coming. He's coming off of two games where he has two touchdowns. Dude, the playoffs. Uh, no, no because he's coming off that and he's and he's coming right off of that with thirteen targets. Right off of it. Yeah. A year later, get real, bro. A year later, you're saying right off Jason, of it, Jason. Jason. A year later, it's his Six next months, game, fine. Jason. Please. So now you're nitpicking my language? Yes. You've, dude. It's gone to the point where you're nitpicking my language. When has That's where the you're at? Super Bowl ever That's shown anything a- or a playoff game ever shown anything the next year fantasy-wise? Like, yeah, I don't understand what you're sense. talking about. 
What? Like, it has nothing to do with fantasy that he had two touchdowns. In James the White was playoffs. Almost the MVP in a Super Bowl. And what happened he the next year? He started week one. What was, but what happened to him the next year in fantasy? He, he was became, very average. He became fantasy relevant for the first time in his entire life. No. First time in your life? That's the craziest thing he's ever said. He's been the same James White I think Corey since Davis, like four years ago. Corey no, Davis making no, him go crazy, no, dude. No. Yeah, no. I'm so confused. No. Deion Lewis was the, is the pass catching back there. Was always. James White was never, was only relevant when Deion Lewis was James not White healthy. was there before Deion Lewis. Exactly. And he did nothing. And then while Deion Lewis was there, he did nothing. And then when Deion Lewis didn't play, that's when he had produced. That's not true. That it is true. That is true. That is 100% true. I just don't understand what that has to do with anything, though. <sighs> I like White. Corey Davis. You guys don't. James Let's move White. on. We're not talking about the Patriots. We'll get to the Patriots. Deion Lewis we're talking about. He had the same season three years in a row. Just saying. Was Deion Lewis equally healthy? Yes. So stop it. But he had the same season three years in a row. Because Deion Lewis missed two years, and then he didn't. And then he had the same season again with Deion Lewis. That's the difference. I, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I don't know yep. Me neither. If but. you could have a, a, a the same year you have with the backfield being catching in the backfield by yourself, the year after when you're not by yourself, that's called improvement. What does this have to do with Corey Davis? And all those years <laughs> catching two touchdowns. And all those years started. <laughs> you guys, you're the guys, the ones that brought it up. And all those years started. Guess what? Hypothetical with but. the Super Bowl. Which is exactly the point that I was making in the beginning. I'm so confused. I, I don't know what, what you're talking about, so let's just move on. Of course you do, because I'm right. You don't know what I'm talking about. What you're surprise. not even close Deion to right. Lewis. Dude, I could talk about Corey Davis for another hour and a half. And you'd be wrong every time. Like, oh, the, my God. I don't understand the hate you guys give him. I he really don't. has never done anything. He's he does not have a regular season touchdown. Yo, if I have to say that he was hurt all of last year again, I'm going to blow my head off. He started nine games. He wasn't hurt all of Yo, last year. Yo, he started whatever. nine games on paper, Michael. He started nine games he on paper. He played in 11. He was hurt. He was hurt. He started nine games on paper. He was hurt the entire season. Yeah, they're going to play a rookie hurt. Yes, because the uh, your best other uh, options are Rashad Matthews Who's and Tyler and, and t- Taewon Taylor. Let's not Taylor. also mention Rashad Matthews was the number one receiver there, and he was being drafted as a flex player. Now, all of a sudden, Corey Davis is the number one. He's being drafted as a number a wide receiver, too. Be- exactly why you should see... That his exactly. talent is so much greater. No, it's exactly why he's being overvalued. You're crazy. If you if, guys go watch Corey Davis tape, tell me he doesn't pass the eye test. And if he doesn't, then be honest with me. But he really does. Now we have to move on from this, honest, because I've been trying to move on from this for the longest time. Deion Lewis. What do you guys? Deion Lewis. We were all agreeing on and we're right about. He played seventy percent of the snaps last week. Sure was crazy. Most importantly, on third downs, he outsnapped Derrick Henry fourteen to nothing. And in the red zone, he outsnapped Derrick Henry six to two. Deion Lewis and is the back. It's though. not like it's not like they were getting a split, and Deion Lewis just kind of like turn uh took over. Derrick Henry started the game with the first eight carries for Tennessee. Then Deion Lewis came in, and they realized, wow, our offense is better with this guy playing. And it wasn't even close from that point on with the split. Uh, Deion Lewis also was just the better player. He fits better in the tight end system. We've we talked about it all offseason. Uh Derrick Henry is just you gotta give it to Derrick Henry and try to pound it down the other team's throat. He's not a pass catching back. Deion Lewis can literally do it all. He could run up the middle, he could get to the edge. He's elusive, he could catch the ball. He's the back's own tendency, without a doubt. Um any wide receivers you would play outside of Corey Davis? 
<laughs> not Rashard Matthews yet. He missed the whole preseason and he needs to get back into the groove. But yeah. How do you feel about Jonas Smith, the replacement for Delaney Walker? I think he has a solid outlook for the rest of the season. It's an offense that likes to utilize a tight end and Smith is an athletic tight end. But not this week. I don't know. I don't see them just going away from their playbook, like without Walker there. They they highlighted the tight end. I could see Johnny Smith having a pretty solid game. Uh, where do you would you play him this week, or would you play um, the guy from Seattle, Whistley? Whistley. Johnny I would Smith. play Johnny Smith. Yeah. Would you play him or Ian Thomas, who took the place of Greg Olson in Carolina? Johnny. Johnny. Uh, would you play him or Tyler Eifert? Eifert. Eifert. Okay. Um, let's go over to the Houston no, I'd side. Play Johnny Eifert. Rather play John on the knife, right? You crazy. We're just talking about how much we didn't like him in this matchup. Deshaun Watson looked really frustrated in uh, New England, but that's what New England does to you. Uh, on the other side, Tennessee's defense did not play horribly. They were just on the field so much that they they got really taken, and Kenny Stills uh, really worked them. Yep. No Will Fuller in this game as of right now. Keep an eye on that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you're obviously starting. Don't even think about it. What do you guys think about Bruce Ellington maybe having a long touchdown on this one? Uh, well, Will Fuller's not been ruled out yet. He hasn't so been, we'll but as of that. right but now, he's not playing. If Bruce Ellington does play, he had a pretty solid game last week. He's more of a slot guy than a deep threat, though. Yeah. Uh, he's like more of a check down guy for Watson. He's someone to possibly consider. I wouldn't consider him unless I'm in like the deepest of leagues or the shallowest of teams. Yeah. But I love me some Deshaun Watson this week. I got him as my QB one baby. Here's a here's one. If Will Fuller can't go, Bruce Ellington and DeAndre Hopkins are the first two. Who's playing that wide receiver three? It's probably gonna be Vincent Smith. Do you know how Vincent Smith spells his name? V Y N Z E S. Man, that was really close. V Y N C I N T. Wow, that is Vincent. It's interesting. That's a unique way to spell a name. That is a unique way to spell a name. Uh, Deshaun Watson was drafted as the QB four uh, in, you know, all the mock drafts. But in real drafts, I I went to a lot of real drafts. I had six drafts myself, and Deshaun Watson was the second quarterback off the board every single draft. Yeah. Um, you drafted him to be that. You drafted him to be a superstar. Yep. Is this the game where he is a superstar? I think so. I uh, think it's a game that he's going to be a QB1. I, I have him in my first-ranked quarterback because I don't think Tennessee's defense will be able to contain him. Sure, they played pretty well against Ryan Tannehill, but it's the same Ryan Tannehill who just missed a whole year and has never been more than a solid QB in his life. Deshaun Watson really showed what he could be last year, and uh, I think him and Hopkins have a huge game. Uh, Jason's call, Lamar Miller, did get most of the carries. He actually broke a couple tackles to my surprise. Uh, maybe it's early in the season, so he's got fresh legs. Um, what do you think about Miller in this matchup? Uh, I think this matchup against Tennessee's defense, in my opinion, is just like don't like start everyone you would start just in general. Don't start everyone you wouldn't start. They're like a very middle-of-the-road defense. I, I I don't give them an advantage or a disadvantage with Tennessee. Yeah, it's a pretty meh game. Um, Drake and Gore combined for 14 half PPR points against them last week, and I think that's around where Miller's going to end up. That's basically 14 is his ceiling and floor. So Yeah, I think you're, you're playing the players expecting them to be the average player that they would be in this game. Um, 
What about Ryan Griffin, the tight end? Any consideration? No. You know, Ryan Griffin actually had three red zone targets last week against New England. So, something to keep an eye on, but not this game. That is actually interesting now because I'm so desperate for a tight end. I, I could <laughs> I could do – I'm going to do bad things for you a tight end. You could eat a horse. Um, Indianapolis at Washington. Jason's boner is – uh, alive and well from here. He loves Washington in this matchup, so I'm not even going to delay it anymore. Jason, talk to us. I've been waiting to say this all off season. Alex Smith is my third-rated quarterback this week. Oh, damn. There's nothing not to like. He is the perfect quarterback for Jay Gruden's pass-first offense. Last week, he lit... Alex Smith had such a good first half that he threw the ball 10 times in the second half. They did not even need to play against the Cardinals anymore. That's how effective he was. The Colts defense is one of the worst in the league, especially on the offense that the Redskins play. Short passes. That's something that they can't contain. Uh, The run. They're not good against the run. Alex Smith is going to have a field day, I think. Uh, Jamison Crowder is going to... Jamison Crowder didn't get enough love last week. People are saying he got out-snapped by Doxson and Richardson. But what do you need your slot wide receiver in for when you're running out the clock the entire second half? Yeah. I mean, interestingly enough, only 63% is a little, is a little eh. But, like but I said, they were up by a lot. They were just running the yeah, ball out. So I, I want a piece of Crowder this game. I think Thompson's going to have a great game. I think Adrian Peterson's going to have a great game. Never thought I'd say that again. And Alex Smith, I think, will end up as a top three quarterback this week. Does yeah. it? What about Jordan Reed? Because Jameson Crowder. Oh, Jordan Reed, too. Well, Jameson Crowder. Well, I'm talking about in terms of Jameson Crowder. Usually the case is when Jordan Reed plays, Crowder disappears. And that's, again, what happened. Does that worry you at all? Because it worries me if I'm a Crowder owner. I think it's a little too much to say that he disappeared. He had four catches, 40 yards. He just They just didn't need him. Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith did not throw ha- a single He had pass. that in a half. I see you because we were talking about Corey. <laughs> he had that in a half. All right, all right. Alex Smith did not throw a single pass over 15 yards in the game. Not for nothing, Chris Thompson, one of my hat hangers. That that boy good. That boy nice. Vernon Davis outsnapped Jordan Reed, but Jordan Reed ran double the routes. Chris Thompson. I mean, that'll Reed. probably be a good thing. He'll get work in. True or false, Chris Thompson is an every week starter. I mean, if they're facing like the Jaguars or something, then I might consider changing my opinion. But I mean, for now, yeah, because he's at least a yeah. flex play. I got him at 18 running back this week. Anyone else on this Redskins team you want to talk about? Doxson and Richardson need to stay. Uh, Richardson got a bunch sat of down on the bench got a bunch of now. got a bunch of targets he until one been. of them proves themselves. They need to just stay sat on the bench. Yeah. If you had to have one, Doxson or Richardson? Richardson. Richardson. I have Richardson. That's a. That's they almost connected on a deep ball last week. Yeah, that's and a. He got paid, consensus. bro. Um, let's go over to the other side. Andrew Luck looked good. All right. So eh. this is where we're not really gonna agree. Nah, yo, listen. He he started he was slow. Clearly he not good. the same Andrew Luck though. You gotta, he threw how many passes? Gotta give him a chance. Over like 35 passes yesterday uh, on Sunday. Five passes were over 15 yards. That's Andrew not Luck's, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's average depth of target, the only person less than him last week was Alex Smith. Yeah, that's not Andrew that's Luck. That's the week. offense Alex Smith plays. It's not the offense Andrew Luck. We know Andrew Luck as the guy who hits T.Y. Hilton for 70-yard touchdowns every other week. I think it is. Uh, you definitely I think he have. will. Okay. But uh, Patience. You have to yeah. take it to, you have to take into consideration that the last offense he ran was a Bruce Arians offense. A little more of a high flying offense there. Still though, it's that's how Andrew Luck has always played. And uh, I mean he did just miss a whole season with a shoulder injury. I, I think it'll 
he'll slowly get back to throwing it more downfield. But for now, it's it's not great. T. Y. Hilton looked good. Uh, I think you can count on T. Y. Hilton being a wide receiver one or two every week as long as Luck is healthy, regardless of whether he's doing big catches or small. Let's look at the other side. It was nice to see a red zone target for Hilton as well. Ex- yes, red zone touchdown. Very much. Ryan Grant, eight targets, six catches. How are we feeling about Ryan Grant? Ryan Grant is someone that I got outbid for in Fab. I didn't want to break the bank for him, but he is someone I wanted on my team. Uh, Dante Moncrief, as you can remember, was on the Colt. And whenever he was healthy, he was a wide receiver three flex play. And Ryan Grant is now that wide receiver two. He led the team in targets. And if anything, Andrew Luck's new uh, short ball offense helps out Ryan Grant because he's not a deep ball receiver. Uh, I think Ryan Grant's an interesting add for bench depth, but I don't think he has a high enough ceiling, really, to warrant more than a flex spot in deep leagues. Guys, I just want to give you an update on the water situation. Michael finished all the water without even asking me. Dude, because I handed you the water after two sips, and then there was about two sips left, and he handed it back to me. Yeah, that's what, that's what they all say. Maybe if Jason got a separate cups. Um, Eric Ebron got a touchdown. He got really, really badly out snapped and out-targeted and outworked by Jack Doyle. Though. But if he's the red zone target like he was in the preseason, like he was in game one, I'd rather have Ebron. That's it wasn't, crazy. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a rather have Ebron. That's if nuts. It, I said, I'm not. Timmy. Listen, shush. Timmy, 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 Timmy. Shush before you say Timmy, Timmy, Timmy all over again. If he's the red zone target, obviously you're going to need more time. Until then, I'm not playing Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle is a tight Dude. end one. No. He's been a tight end one no. his entire career. Yeah, what are you no, talking about? He played 93% of the Lux dropbacks last week. He was on the field. Okay, and who got he the saw re- ten targets? And who got the red zone target? It wasn't even a red zone touchdown for Ebron. They weren't inside the twenty. It was just a well put ball. Like it wasn't a red zone play. Doyle had what ninety yards last week? Seven receptions for sixty yards. Remember, he was one of three res- tight ends last year to catch over eighty passes, and he played over ninety percent of the snaps. Like I don't understand. What could Seven you catches and 60 yards is Jack something Doyle. you'll take from your I mean, he's tight a tight end every That's week. That's true. All right, fine. That's nine and a half points. He outscored Zach Ertz. All right, fine. I guess I'd play Jack Doyle, but I'm not I'm not excited about it. I'm, I'm, I was okay with waiting really long for tight end and taking Jack Doyle as my cute tight end one. I, if I see Eric Ebron get another touchdown, I'm trying to get rid of Jack Doyle ASAP Rocky. Ebron's going to be touchdown or bust the entire season. And that's fine if you don't want to own Ebron. I'm not even talking about that. I'm worried about Jack Doyle. No, I'm not. I'm very worried about him. They Naheem Hines. Two tight end offense. They don't really have receivers. Naheem Hines. How are we feeling about Naheem Hines? Does he have a chance to be the type of running back where he gets the majority of the snaps again when Marlon Mack comes back, or do you think it's Mack's backfield when he comes back? Uh, I don't think it's – I mean, I guess Mack, but there's going to be other people going to work too. I was honestly a little underwhelmed seeing Naheem Hines play last week. Same. He, like – as a little scat back like that, you expect him to be shifty and fast like a Tariq Cohen type, but he just he's not that as athletic. Yeah, I mean, Wilkins, yeah, he led the backfield, but like he didn't look great. Hines, like you guys said, he didn't look great. Yeah, I mean, he, the only way he's going to get touches is if the Colts are down, which they were against Cincinnati, and they had to pass the ball. So I do think, unless, unless Wilkins really proves to be a – Proves himself this week. I do think Matt comes back and basically just takes over. Robert Turbin, also, you can't forget he's coming back from suspension. And the Colts always love playing Robert Turbin. Um, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Nope. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. 
Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams offense looked exactly like we thought the Rams offense was going to look. The Arizona Cardinals offense looked absolutely atrocious. Let's start on the Rams side with the good. Um, Jared Goff was a couple of uh, pass interferences and missed catches away from having a giant, giant, huge game. A giant. Yep. No, really. Like he was, yeah, like a really, really He's big. Not game. even like. Yeah. So I. I'm loving Goff in this offense, and I think that if you got him late in drafts, you're doing jumping jacks right now. Also, remember, the Rams don't play their starters in the preseason. So that was the whole first half when they were even with the Raiders was the first time they were playing football since they lost in the playoffs. That's how bad the Raiders are. And then the second half, they just completely destroyed the So Raiders. what you're saying is, like, right off the playoffs. Let me ask you a question. Playing football. That's what you're saying. No, Let me ask you a I'm question. saying they're rusty <laughs> because it was seven months later. Tim, Sean Mc... Let me ask you a question. Sean McVay is a smart guy. Yeah. Some would say the smartest. Okay. Hmm. If they were facing the Vikings week one, do you think he would have sat his starters the entire preseason? Yes. I don't think so. I think he saw that he was facing the Raiders, and the Raiders are a terrible team. And I wouldn't be surprised. There. I guess we'll have to see next Conspiracy season. Conspiracy theorists. I'll tell you what. Almost even targets across the board for Cooks, Cup, and Woods. Eight, nine, nine. All respectively. three of them are Cups, starters. Cup, Woods. And every game down players, essentially. I was low on Woods. I didn't see how they were going to make it so that he can get enough targets in this offense. I stand corrected on that. Yeah, Tim. I love I it. I mean, but I, at the same time, you guys were low on Cup, and I think you guys could stand corrected on that as well. Yeah, it's Cup. I have to move Cup up a little bit in my, in my rankings. But Listen, I'm just going to jump into Robert Woods since he said his name and since I have a love affair for him. You you really do. He has he had an uneventful stat line, three receptions, 37 yards. He had a lot of looks, though. Yeah, he had about three different uh, pass attempts from Goff that could have all ended in, like, 40-yard touchdowns that Goff just missed. Call it rust, call it whatever you want. He's not going to be doing that all year. And Robert Woods was getting behind the defense pretty easily. So, I mean... I love me some Robert Woods. Uh, Cooper Cup looks like the red zone target of the bunch. Woods did have two red zone targets. That is true. I think that this is a perfect game for Cooper Cup uh, when you're facing a team like Arizona where Patrick Peterson's on the outside and you want to use the slot receivers and stuff of that sort. Cooper Cup is the guy you want Goff throwing to, and that's probably the guy he's going to throw to. Buda Baker, uh, not the worst slot corner, though. Buda Baker. No, but he's not Patrick Peterson. He's definitely it's not. It's also that. a great name to say. Um, <laughs> all of those receivers line up all over the formation, but generally, like most of the time, Cooks is on the left side, Woods is on the right, Cup is in the slot, which would mean Woods is going to get the most of Patrick Peterson. Hence why I ranked Woods the worst of the three this week. Jurats. Brandon Cooks also looks like <laughs> he looks like the, <laughs> Brandon Cooks looks like the number one target. If you're gonna have a number, like if you're gonna have a number one on the depth chart, Cooks looks like that guy. He was targeted as if he was that. Well, he, he looked. A Cooks fit. actually had the least targets. He had eight. Cup and Woods both had nine. So all right, but it was fairly. I mean, even. he was. I guess he was targeted in a wide receiver one kind of role. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, he that. looked the part. So uh, that's good news. He comes right in. Um, Todd Gurley was the number one pick for a reason, dude. Um, you got to bench him. We were watching one. the game. <laughs> we were watching the game, and I'm like, honestly, it feels like Todd Gurley's not doing anything, and he ends with twenty three and a half. It was ridiculous. Points he for three and a half CPR. Like honestly, I was like, it feels like Todd Gurley's having a bad game, and he ended up with a hundred rushing yards, a touchdown, and. Like four catches. That guy just looks different than the rest of the people on the field. He's one of those guys who's just like, okay, yeah, that guy's the best player. Um, 
Let's go to the other side. Sam Bradford had one of the most atrocious games by a quarterback that I've ever seen. Because he's not that good. He's never made the playoffs. I mean, he's... Come on. How many... Literally, he's every single offseason we go, Sam Bradford's a good quarterback. He just needs to stay healthy. Well, and, and then every and time he's really good up until he's, every time he gets he's, hurt. He's average. And also, Arians isn't there anymore. Hurt. Nobody wants to listen to me when I was saying it. That's, I think that's what I was going to bring you up. You know, Jason the Cardinals, what I was going to say... I guess it, this does have a lot to do with Bruce not being there either. The Cardinals and Cowboys ran by far the fewest plays. They both ran only like 40 plays. Think about that. Four quarters, they only ran like 40 plays each because they just move at a snail's pace, which is really bad for David Johnson and Larry Very bad. And Man, get that man into space. Yeah. Let what are you doing? You get him into space. In 2016, David Johnson lined up outside of the backfield. 36% of his snaps. And for 41% of his pass routes. On week one, 14% of his snaps were outside of the backfield and only 9% of his routes. He and also, if you look at their routes, David Johnson was running like Madden L2 button routes. Like, you know what I mean? Like the these field, meshes and drag. these drags and these uh, swing passes. Whereas if you look at his routes in 2016, he's running receiver routes. Yeah, he got the whole route tree. Yes. But then if you want to look at the bright side... He was targeted on 25% of his routes, and he had four red zone targets. Which is always the bright side. He also salvages a touchdown at the end of the game. I think also like 68% of the snaps, if you're David Johnson, if you're a David Johnson owner, you want to see more than 68% of the snaps. It's not enough. Chase, yeah. Edmund is, Chase Edmund is getting a third of the snaps. Get out of here with despicable. that. Get out of here with that. It's David Johnson. Run them. I just find it ridiculous how slow the, Cardinal, the Cardinals and Cowboys are going to be really bad this year if they... If they're not going to run any. With that plays. being said, though, let's look forward. I didn't understand. Sorry, not fantasy football. I didn't understand the Arizona Cardinals love coming into the year. A lot of people had them as like wild card winners. Uh, hmm. San Francisco eh, is going to end higher than I think them. Nick Dais actually had the Cardinals making as a wild card winner. But yeah, I mean, but it's I only mean, week one. That's not. A I think. Yeah, I, I do think they're a little underrated. I do think that I don't think that their defense, their offense is that bad. I do think that their defense um has, you know, they they have good pieces. So let's see what they can do against the Rams. The Rams front seven, um, let's really front three with Brocker, Sue, and Donald is just, oh my god, it's unbelievable. And then you got Talib and Peters on the outside making plays. They both made a play it's last game. Um, but Larry Fitzgerald is going to line up in that slot and he's going to take advantage of that. He's going to get his, regardless, every single time. Are there any other Arizona pass catchers that you're looking at in this game? Ricky Seals Jones. Ricky Seals. I mean, if you're a David Johnson owner, would you start David Johnson and Ricky Seals Jones in the same lineup? Yes. If you need it. The Cardinals aren't it. a team that uses a lot of people. So, Jared Cook. Put Listen, up. Ricky Seals Jones played how many? What yeah, percent of the look, snaps, Michael? Ricky Seals Jones. It's he had a very uneventful stat line: three receptions, 19 yards, but he was on the field. 92% of the time. He also he has solidified himself. Yes, and he dropped a touchdown. If he had played 92% of the snaps and ended with four catches for 35 yards and a touchdown in the tight end position, people are automatically putting him in like the top 12 tight ends. He'd be a hot waiver pickup this week. Yeah, and this is like, like you don't see 90 plus percent of targets uh, of snaps in a tight end position. You don't see that often. And he excelled last year when given the opportunity. Yeah, he had a bad game the first game, but it happens. Um, he's definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on. 
Let's go to the next game. The Detroit Lions traveled to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Let's start on the Niners side. Jimmy Garoppolo was very frustrated um, against the Vikings last week, but that, again, was against the Vikings. So I think that you have to give him a little bit of a pass. Um, if you are a Jimmy Garoppolo owner, are you try- starting to regret that you had to take him so high in the draft? Absolutely not, because he wasn't really going that high, first off. I ended up with a lot of him just because it got to the point where I was like, I need Jimmy Garoppolo on my team this late. And no, he put up like 12 points in a bad game, and that's why I love him. I keep saying it. You got to love these quarterbacks that have a high yardage floor. And Jimmy Garoppolo will have a high yardage floor every single week. He will never, ever score less than 12. And those are going to be his worst days. This year, this week against Detroit... I have him ranked as my number four quarterback. I have him and Alex Smith three and four, and I have both of them in all of my leagues. I'm really torn on which one to start, and I'm probably just going to like diversify a little bit <laughs> and go two and two. Uh, share the portfolio risk there, you know. Uh, Jimmy G, let's not forget that this was his first loss ever as an NFL starter. Right? You're you're allowed to have a bad game. Also, now let me sneak in against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Because Tim true. mentioned Minnesota, he was pressured on fifty percent of his dropbacks. Yeah, Minnesota's nice. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G, now he's going to Detroit, where other than Ziggy Anza and Darius Slay, their defense looked ridiculously bad against the Jets. I mean, besides the pick six to start the the day, Sam Darnold was almost perfect against them, and he's the youngest quarterback ever to start a game. I mean, they gave up 48 points to the Jets, so it's not like he's going to Jacksonville now. He's going to Detroit. I have Jimmy G as my eighth quarterback, I believe, right one above Alex Smith. Thanks for the help. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with rolling Jimmy G out there. Someone asked me today, Jimmy G or Pat Mahomes. It's Jimmy G. The hot commodity way. would be Pat Mahomes, so I'm going Jimmy G all day. Mm-hmm. Um, How about the pass catchers that Jimmy G has to pass to? Uh, Marquise Goodwin uh, shit the bed last week, but that's because he got injured, so you well, can't really he blame him. he didn't shit the bed. He, got, he played half a he quarter. He shit his life. I mean, he, I mean, he shit the bed in terms of your fantasy team. He got injured. You can't blame him for it. I'm not saying it's a... You know, but he did. Michael beat um, me by like eight points, and I started a good one. The man of the hour, George Kittle. This guy looks like the centerpiece of the offense. Not for nothing, Jason's been saying this for a while. So, Jason, I'm going to let you gloat. I, I'm loving it so much. I have him <laughs> rated as my number two tight end this week, and I've never – I said earlier I've, I've been waiting all year to rank Alex Smith as my third quarterback. I've been waiting even longer to rank uh, George Kittle as my number two tight end. He was targeted on 29% of his routes last week. He ended with – uh, like I, I forget exactly. Yeah, that's like Five David catches, Johnson numbers right 90 there. Ninety yards. He also dropped a forty-yard pass that potentially could have gone for an eighty-yard touchdown. Yeah. All he had to do was outrun the safety if he caught it. Number two, he was wide open in the end zone, and Jimmy just overthrew him. Another time, he could have had legitimately a hundred eighty yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so what's not to like? I, he was in our 10-man San Agato Studios League. He was in free agents, and I picked him up immediately. I had Trey Burton, so I, I left him there, and I was I was like, you know what? I It hurt really bad, but it's a 10-man league, so it's hard to have two tight ends. But after this week, I was like, it's, it's enough. I, I picked him up, and now he's going to be a tight end every week. You dropped Trey Burton? No, I still have Trey Burton. Oh, I was to say. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have to hit that waiver wire. <laughs> um, uh, let's go on. Pierre Garçon? You know, it's going to have to do with a lot with Goodwin. As a Goodwin owner myself, I'd prefer if he just didn't play. Uh, he's a burner, and you do not want a burner dealing with a leg injury to play. 
There's just a lot of downside there. Uh, so if he doesn't play, Pierre Garçon has some PPR upside. I think Dante Pettis is the more interesting player. I was going to say next is Dante Pettis. The guy who took who stepped into Goodwin's role and scored a touchdown doing it. That was a glorious touchdown catch. That was a glorious throw. It was both. Yeah, that throw. He was like running backwards and, sh- and just like perfectly placed it. I mean, it was still a really good catch too, though. You guys are gloriously play. using the word glorious. It was glorious. Glorious. Matt Breida and Alfred Morris in, oh. in the backfield. We told you not to panic about last week. You said we're gonna have a. They're gonna have a bad game. Now, let's talk about them. I prefer Breida. I think. Well, of course you do. You drafted him high. I mean that I drafted him high because I prefer him on the season, not because I don't prefer him because I drafted him. Uh, the snap counts was almost even last week. Last week, fifty-two to forty-eight uh, in favor of Alfred Morris. Um, percentage Matt, wise, percentage wise, snap wise was thirty-four thirty. Mm-hmm. You gotta say percentage. <laughs> percentage wise, excuse me. Uh, Matt Breida, I just feel like has more of the built-in role in that offense. Um, yeah, so I, I prefer Breida, but I think both are someone that you should consider starting this week. I think both are in the running. Definitely flex-worthy, potentially running back, too. I'm favoring Morris a little bit more just because the Lions were 31st against the running backs last season, and they gave up 33 points to Crowell and Powell. Crowell we got to give them a nickname. I mean, it's Crowell, Crowell and Powell, Powell. is a pretty, Crowell and Powell is pretty great. And the so, Owls? Yeah. The Owls isn't bad. <laughs> so, uh, really what I'm looking for is the runner on the team, and Matt is more of the – catcher than the runner alfred morris is the early down guy he got the red zone work even though he fumbled yeah that, that was a bad fumble but uh talking about smart fantasy football guys evan silva does uh i forget what it was it was projected touchdowns or something due to opportunity and alfred morris should have had one or two touchdowns last season based on last week last week yeah so i'm starting alfred morris over Lashawn mccoy in one league that's how excited i am about this game i expect the 49ers to I expect another shitter from Detroit, to be honest, and I expect Alfred Morris to be very involved. Um, um, it um, is it is worth saying, sorry, Michael, before you go there, Brita did get 11 carries to Alfred Morris's 12 in between the tackles and outrushed him 46 yards to 38. So Brita was the more productive back even in between the tackles last week. And there is another thing to say that Kyle Juszczyk, he had a reception for 56 yards. Don't be surprised if Kyle Juszczyk is is involved in this offense. Not enough to play in fantasy, but enough to put a thorn in the side of the Alfred Morris, Matt Breida guys. There might be more Breida side in pass catching. I'm I'm a little bit more on the Morris side this week as well. I feel like it it's more of a ground and pound type game against Detroit because just because I think they're going to take an early lead, and then they're going to be able to pound it with Alfred Morris. And uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on the on Detroit as much. I guess they had a bad they were 31st game. 31st against running backs last season. Fantasy points allowed. I mean, okay, fine. In, uh, in terms of fantasy, I'm talking about Michael saying the game script is going to be early lead Niners. Okay. I, w- I mean, if we're talking real teams, though, Jimmy Garoppolo threw three interceptions last week. One of them was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken, or or it was like very close in their territory. So it basically led to a touchdown. And they only lost by eight. The Niners are a really good team. Yeah. To throw three interceptions and only lose by eight to the Vikings, it's hard to do. Uh, Corey Davis, limited practice participant with a hamstring issue. Oh, no. <laughs> the Damn hamstring that. is what was bothering him last year. Dude, I well. don't even know what to do because I don't even have enough <laughs> wide receivers to cover talk him. Talk to me, bro. We can talk. Him and Devontae Adams. We can talk, bro. Oh, my goodness. What league? Our league. Let's talk, bro. The main league. Um, we can always talk. Let's go on to the next game, Oakland at Denver. Let's Wait start a with second. Detroit, kid. 
Detroit. Oh, we forgot Tim. Detroit. Damn no, it. No, don't say we, man. <laughs> All right. I forgot Detroit. Damn it. I did it again. I thought I had it. All right. Let's look at Detroit's team. Um, on Johnson looked like the best back in that backfield, but he's not going to get any burn for a while. Yeah, you're not starting on Johnson. If you are, you're you're messing up. I don't want anything to do with any of the Detroit running backs. It's a three-headed, disgusting... I can't even call it monster. It's a three-headed armadillo <laughs> that I don't want a part of. I mean, honestly, a three-headed armadillo kind of makes sense. They're I kind of want one of those. Not really <laughs> I want a three-headed armadillo. I feel like we'd be rich if we had a three-headed armadillo. We definitely would be rich. But the receivers, maybe. Receivers I want for the rest of the season in order. Tate, Galladay, Marvin Jones. That's your order. Take Galladay before Marvin Jones. I, I've been super low on Marvin Jones. I've been trying to tell Listen, you guys. Marvin Jones is season. worse with Galladay in. But to want Galladay over. I watched that first game and I'm all aboard the Galladay train. Marvin Jones has surpassed four catches in one of his 12 games in which Galladay has played. But that's not Marvin Jones' game. Yeah, he's a big play threat. He's a big yeah, play threat. I don't want the guy. And he, got a couple, and he got a couple big plays that he just missed. Tate had 15 targets. Galladay had 12. Marvin Jones had less than both. It was around eight or something. And he led the team in air yards, as always. That's how it goes with him. I, I, I would still like – I would play Marvin Jones in this game. San Francisco is susceptible to the big play. I still have him as a wide receiver three this yeah. week, but he needs to he needs to do something. I, yeah, I don't agreed. want another dud. That's for sure. Uh, what about Tate? Tate had a big game. You can't get more solid of a wide receiver two. <laughs> for real. Like, isn't he just the perfect, like, prototype yeah. wide receiver two? Like, if you have Golden Tate, good for you. It's, you don't really have to do anything else with your wide receiver two, ever. So you guys are up on Kenny Galladay. Are you playing him in this game? I have him as my wide receiver 34, I want to say. So so you would consider it. You have him at yeah. 31. I have him at 42. 31. There you go. I wouldn't start him as a wide receiver three, Michael Wood. What about Matt Stafford? Uh so the people who have Matt Stafford, is the time to just let him go on the waiver wire and pick up a different quarterback? Fire him up. Giving him a, fire him up. I yeah. agree. Fire him up. I have him at 12. I have him at 10. Dude, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback for It like also can't be ignored that Detroit has looked absolutely atrocious in five games now, if you include the preseason. It's true, but if the defense continues to be this bad, Matt Stafford is going to have to keep throwing it 50 times a game. So there you go. Fancy points. He also, Jim Bob. there is something to be said about the fact that you got a new head coach, and that new he- and the plays were being read by the defense. Sean Lee said that they knew exactly what was coming. Darren, Sean Darren Lee. Lee, Darren Lee, excuse me, Darren Lee, the linebacker. By the I was about to explain who he was too. Well, they, you know, Sean Lee, the linebacker for the Jets. I wish, uh, Darren Lee, the linebacker for the Jets. Um, he said we knew all the plays, we knew exactly what was coming. So maybe this week they switch that up a little bit. Matt Patricia learns a little bit of a lesson. Rumor has it that the players don't really like Matt Patricia. Yeah, uh, that could be a problem. Trying so, to bring over the Belichick style, but they're not feeling it. Yeah. So and real quick, all three receivers were on the field for over eighty-eight percent of the snaps. So that's what they do. They run three wide receiver sets. So. They're not going to run double tight ends, and they're not going to run a fullback. So they're not even going to run single tight end every now and then. Right. So get ready for three, four receivers on the field at all times. Yeah. Um. Moving on. Up. Moving on. The Oakland Raiders, Jason's favorite team, uh, play the Denver Broncos. We're not Let's talking about Derek Carr. He shouldn't be on a team. Can I just make it quick? Don't start any Raiders unless their name is Cook. Start Jared Cook. He's a good back-end tight end one against Denver. There's no reason why you should start Amari Cooper against good cornerbacks. You've already seen enough of his terrible play against good cornerbacks. Marshawn Lynch, besides his carry where he carried 10 people into Vintage the end zone last beast year. mode right it there, was. though. But against Denver, no. I don't want any part of it. Derek Lynch, Carr is a terrible... I'm okay with Lynch this week as a low-end running back to reflex play. Here's what makes me uh, stop with Lynch. 
He was completely phased out of the game. Yeah, Rashard came in. It's going to be like that again. They were down. Rashard came in and did all the work. It's going to be like that all season. I'm glad you mentioned him. Jalen Rashard had a pretty good game. Five catches. Some people say he's the most talented back in that backfield. Is that a guy that if you're in a deep league, you're adding as speculation? 14 team league. Not right now in 12. Yeah, he's never going to steal early. Raiders offense isn't good enough. Okay. Um, Jordy Nelson led wide receivers for three catches. Oh, Jordy okay. Nelson, I forgot about too. Don't even come on. Jared Cook, what do you what do you make of this? Jared Cook has does have a history of uh, you know having a big game and then shitting the bed. No, I mean I think he'll be a solid back end tight end one in this game. All right, let's go to the star. Of the real show. quick though, people yeah. are spending like OD Fab money on it, Jared yeah, Cook and like nuts. their number one waiver on Jared Cook and stuff, as if Jared Cook hasn't been Jared Cook his whole career. Yeah, He'll be I okay. Don't understand that. But like he's not gonna have games like this every I week. I bid five dollars on Jared Cook and I was a Delaney Walker owner. That's how much confidence I have in Jared Cook going forward into the season. This game though, against Denver, possibly it's a good matchup. Could be yeah, good matchup. Um Philip Lindsay is the star of the show. Let's go over to the Denver side. He's a good pickup, but people are blow, blowing so much fab on he's him. This year's Terry Cohen. I, Jason me and you, man, we're thinking the same way. Here's why. You say Philip Lindsay? Yes. Is Phillip, this year's Cohen? I told my boss that today. Philip Lindsay played 26% of the offensive snaps and touched the ball on 17 of them. What that screams to me is this is the guy who every time he's in the game is going to touch the ball, which means he's kind of a gadget player, which means this team that they played last week, Seattle, was probably taking, taken aback by this and not prepared for it. At the same time, though, I went back and watched the coach's film. He's quick. He's good, yeah. He's smart. He's agile. He's a downhill runner. But he's not going to I can't see them I can't see them abandoning, you know, for Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman faced a stacked box two thirds of his carries. And not for nothing. And he killed it. They had the same exact amount of carries and the same exact amount of yards. Yeah. So they both played well. Devontae Booker can completely be released from every single team if you had mm-hmm. him. Um, but I'm not worried about Royce Freeman. And Philip Lindsay, yes, he's a good pickup. I put him on the waiver wave, by the way, at veterans minimum at veterans underscore minimum on IG if you want to see the waiver wave. Um but to blow like forty four dollars on Philip Lindsay in much. one of our leagues, yeah. um, it's too much and you're gonna end up regretting it, I think. The pass catchers there. Uh I wouldn't trust Sutton in this game. I think it's just gonna be too much of a ball to trust him. But he played a lot last week, so I'm gonna keep an eye on. Thomas and Sanders are no brainer. I even have uh th- Emmanuel Sanders ranked in my wide receiver one. Sanders is on a mission. One thing that you need to remember when you're in uh, when you're in fantasy and when you're drafting is contract years. Guys, I feel like... Emmanuel Sanders trying to get a contract. Emmanuel Sanders and Dem- Demarius Thomas with Case Keenum is the new 2018 version of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. DT is going to be Diggs, the guy who has the touchdowns. And the up and down weeks, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the Thielen who just has eighty yards or more every single week. Man, I really regret not having any shares of Emmanuel Sanders. I took Robbie Anderson. I was deciding between him and Sanders. And I really regret it. I regret it. I regret it. I was wrong about him. I was just I like unsure. Thanks, guys. I know you do. Um, <laughs> and James, Conner. but Case Keenum, I am never going to lose. Just saying. Oh my god, it's gosh, good for you, Case up. Keenum. Me and Michael <laughs> both agree he is a streaming worthy quarterback one this week. I agree. Yeah. Stream I, your case. Goff put up like 18 points, and he missed every single throw he made. Yeah, so. I'm streaming Keenum. He threw three intos against Seattle, which wasn't good, but uh, the Broncos showed that they are not scared to sling it with the new guy. He threw three touchdowns as well, over 300 yards. 
Yeah, we're literally both streaming him in different leagues. Yeah. Matt Stafford or Case Keenum? Keenum. I have Stafford slightly ahead of Keenum. I think you're good with either one of those guys. Because um, I was, just, it's probably the Matt Stafford owner that's thinking about dropping Matt Stafford for Case Keenum. So don't. I wouldn't. Um, so don't. I mean, I had the opportunity. I'm a, I'm a Stafford owner. I have a lot of shares of Stafford because, as you guys know, if you listen to me on VM, I think Matt Stafford's going to have a big year this year. Uh, I just want to remind people that uh, three interceptions to open the year. Kirk Cousins last year, he looked like he never threw a football before. He was just fine. So just keep that in mind. Um, New England at Jacksonville is the last one. There's a fan. A fan raised money to get a banner over the top of the stadium that read, Miles Jack wasn't down. Great shit. Uh, this is the... Uh, he wasn't, man. This is the... Fucking Patriots. This is the rematch. Um, let's start on the... Ba- uh, on the uh, Sorry, Jacksonville side. If Leonard Fournette plays, which now it says that he's going to, are you confident starting him in this situation considering that he is hurt and that Yeldon had a pretty good game last week in his absence? Yes. You have to. Low-end RB1. Uh, Fournette gets fed the ball a ridiculous amount when he's healthy. Uh, when he plays, he doesn't even have to be fully healthy. So he's just he's probably going to get 20 carries if he does play. ASJ had some success with the Jets last year playing the Patriots. Do you play him in this game? I'm going to start calling him Austin TD called back Safarian Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because he had another touchdown called back last week on a holding penalty. Uh, it's not the it's not the smoothest name, I must say. I'm okay with ASJ being a boomer bust tight end option if you need help this week. As I said before, Ryan Griffin had three red zone targets. That was against New England. So something to think about there as well. Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief. Dante Moncrief did not look like he was part of this offense, really. Yeah. Um, Keelan Cole is, I think, the guy to own in this, which Jason again and the rest of us were in basic consensus, although we weren't as high on where to draft him as Jason. He's the guy to own in this backfield. Um, what do you see out of him against Stephon Gilmore and the New England secondary? I'm liking Cole this week. I think uh, Jacksonville's going to have to throw in this game. We're talking about the Patriots here. So they're going to have to score points, and Keelan Cole is the number one receiver in that offense. He led the team in yards even when he didn't lead the team in targets last week. So I like Keelan Cole as a wide receiver at three. I think Westbrook is a flex play. Over to the Patriots side, uh, Rob Gronkowski had himself a tight end one performance for the ages uh if you have rob gronkowski congratulations uh michael this fucker sniped him uh in our draft uh was not happy kamara and gronk did that one two kamara gronk round picks are looking pretty glorious right about now really not really wasn't happy when michael did that to me but yeah you start your gronks um chris hogan on the other hand really not involved in the offense at all really surprising are you worried if you're a Chris Hogan guy and a Chris Hogan owner if you took him in the fifth, sixth round? I mean, it'll be weird not to at least be a little worried about it, seeing like Philip Dorsett put in work. And Gronk is going to be super involved always, so that's not really that big of a deal to me. It was weird to see him be involved so little after being a wide receiver one for like eight weeks last year. Uh, Tough matchup this week against Jacksonville as well, going up against either Ramsey or Boye, whichever side he lines up. I'm not super high on Hogan. I think he's more of a wide receiver three this week, but I still, I'm still okay running him out there as a wide receiver three. I don't think he's going to get one catch for, what, five yards again. Philip Dorsett played a pretty good game. That's not the end of my statement. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to. Not against the Jags. I feel like Dorsett 
Also, when Edelman comes back, it's basically just going to lose his role, in my opinion. Play like maybe 15 snaps a game. What I'm looking at is the running backs. Uh, Rexburg had one in the concussion protocol. Pretty random. Randomly. Um, if he's out, James White is shooting up. Because he's probably going to just play the entire game and Tom Brady's going to throw picked 60 him, times. I just picked him up in the San Diego Studios League. He was a free agent somehow. I'm actually Because it's a 10 team. Yeah. I'm actually a little higher in Burkhead than most, like as always, basically. But I know he only played 50% of the snaps last year, but there were reports saying he was going to be eased week. back in after not playing uh, any of the preseason. And he was clearly the lead back. He uh, he had over 50% of the carries. He And although he only had one catch for five yards, he also had... Uh, a pretty beautiful uh, stutter and go route. Um, it would have been like a 22-yard-ish touchdown that Tom Brady just completely missed him. He was wide open. And it would be a completely different conversation for Rex Burkhead this week if he had a 22-yard reception touchdown on his line. So No, I also like Burkhead as long as he's playing and healthy. Yeah. What about the return of Sony Michelle? That's if a guy, personally, I think at around week six he takes control of that backfield. I think that the Patriots blowing a first-round pick on a – Running back is not a coincidence, but do you can you play him at this point? No, no, no. If he plays, you got to wait. Wait. I mean, see. if he plays and Burkhead is out, then it becomes interesting. But right now, that's no. true. If yeah. he plays and Burkhead is out, then he's definitely a play. Uh, James White also a play. Tom Brady, a play. They're playing Jacksonville. Where do you have him on your list of? He put up twenty points against Jacksonville in the playoffs. This is true. But where did you? Oh, Jason's talking about the playoffs now. It's I have Tom Brady to you, at so. eight. Michael oh, Jason. There you go. So you're saying that his playoff... <laughs> Whoa. What does the playoffs matter, huh? No, huh? it's the way you said it. What does the playoffs matter? You said it as if they were two weeks back-to-back. Uh, Technically, they were. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. Get this technically bullshit out of here. No, it's, but technically... I have right, Brady though. at 8, Mike Clausen at 11. So back in QB1. Okay, so uh, usual Tom Brady just temper those expectations. Uh, Sunday night... The official Sunday night game that gets played every single year on Sunday night. Uh, the Giants and the Cowboys. Let's start on the Cowboys the side because there'll be a lot less see. to talk about. Uh, if Zeke keeps on getting nine, ten people in the box every time he runs, he's not going to have a good year. And He'll still have a good year. Uh, honestly, if I'm, he's the, not gonna have a th- if I'm the Cowboys, overall year. I'm, not a, I'm not a run first guy when it comes to football usually. But if I'm the Cowboys, I'm giving him 25 carries and 10 targets a game. Because there's absolutely nobody else on that team that's even close to being a threat. It's pretty remarkable. It's crazy. Gallup had one target. Cole Beasley. You already paid. Beasley's the de facto number one now. Seven receptions, 73 yards. I guess he has some flex appeal possibly, but I'm not starting any of them. The, The tight ends are a joke. I'm not rostering any offensive player on the Cowboys outside of Beasley and Elliott. And Beasley's, and Beasley's a tough one too. Mm. And that's just roster. I'm not starting him. Yeah. What about Dak? No. Quarterback two. Really looked horrible. He hasn't been a QB one for like nine weeks now. It looked really bad. The pressure coming up the middle, though, to be fair, Joe Looney is the backup center that's taking the place of Travis Fredericks. He did not step up in a pocket all day. You keep calling him Fredericks. Frederick. Just cut it off there, please. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, the Giants. Uh, Saquon Barkley almost had a dud in his first game and then broke off a Saquon Barkley-type run that he's been That's breaking kinda off. That's kind of what he does. It right? is what he does. He kind of... Eh, 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 um, Similar to Zeke. 
Yeah, kind of similar to Zeke. He's yeah, workhorse guys, both of them that have big play potential. That's why you love him. Uh, Saquon Barkley in this matchup goes against a pretty good front seven, um, especially against the pass. Not so much against the run, uh, although they are fish. They they're good against the run as well. What do you uh, what do you, what say you? How what are you expecting out of him? I'm expecting a running back one game. The Giants. You can see last week, Eli Manning is washed, so they need to start relying on Saquon Barkley. Manning hasn't finished as a quarterback two, not even a quarterback two, in five of his last six games against Dallas. So I expect the Giants to feed Barkley over and over and over and over. I also, I'm just going to keep going since feeding off that stat. Keep going, keep going. Uh, OBJ ran 36% of his routes from the slot. He's obviously a must-start. That's an interesting tidbit. Evan Ingram averaged four catches and 50 yards last season against Dallas. And that was without Barkley and OBJ. So Evan Ingram, I have outside of my ten and ones. Evan and Ingram was another guy though that he was a couple clo- a couple inches away from having a giant game. But opportunity, OBJ and Barkley are back. I kept telling people, people were looking at his stats as if it was going to be a repeat season. And lastly, I'm going back to my Devin Funches argument. I don't know why Sterling Shepard is on a team. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Sterling Shepard's. I'm not going to agree with you about Funches. I'll agree with Shepard. I agree. Funches is a little crazy. Um, Michael, do you have anything to add to any of that? Just that uh, OBJ is an absolute beast. Okay. So if you drafted him late because he was falling down drafts, good good for you. Um, Chidobi Awuzie and Byron Jones are one of the more underrated. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are one of the more underrated cornerback <laughs> combos. That doesn't have anything to do with the fact <laughs> I would still... I would still get OBJ. Are you still laughing at your corny joke? I'm laughing because Jason's laughing. I don't know why it was so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are tired. Uh, no, I'm good. We've been talking fantasy too. for over two hours now. I don't get tired. Yo, guys, can I tell you a little bit about Michael before from? we go? Oh, Michael, Michael, every time he wakes <laughs> up from sleeping, immediately <laughs> enters the real world. Like, there's no, like, there's no pause between him waking up and he just immediately gets up and enters the real world, and he's like he's half asleep. His brain is not working correctly, but he will fake it till he makes it, and he will swear he wasn't sleeping, even if he was sleeping for like three hours before it. Just wanted to throw that out there. I'll just join a conversation. Um, the Monday night game, the Bears versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, let's talk about the Bears first. Um, let's talk about Mitch it. Trubisky did not look good. Uh, you're it looked not good cons- in the first half. It looked like. Uh, it looked like Matt Nagy game plan for the first half. So, I this is a Mike Lombardi line, and I'm going to steal it from him. After the first, the first 20 plays of any game are scripted. After the first 20 games, after the first nice. 20 plays, that's when I want to see what you're doing. And Jason, just as you suspected, it was probably Matt Nagy to call on those plays, and then Mitch Trubisky. There's one famous shot on the internet right now where there's a giant Trey gap, Burton wide open and Trey Burton's right open in the end zone, and Trubisky's looking right at him and doesn't pass it. Um, Speaking of Trey Burton, high, high, high expectations coming into the season. He really did nothing. I mean, he ran 33 routes. He he only stayed in to block three times. He was second in the team in targets. And as you said, he was wide open in that play. Yeah. So I'm not worried about Trey Burton. If anything, I'm buying low if someone wants to sell me. I think people are overacting a bit from one bad game. Uh, I think he has. I think he bounces back. It was good to see Allen Robinson out there making contested catches. Uh, he had a couple of really nice catches. He has a plus matchup against Trey Flowers in this matchup, uh, or or Shaq Griffin, whoever he's facing. Either way, a plus matchup. Um, I like yep. Allen Robinson. 
Uh, I didn't think I was going to say that in the beginning of the year, but he looked healthy. He looked good. He looked like the he old Allen Robinson. He made a nice catch, his first connection with uh, Mitch Trubisky. And if he's going to throw downfield, it's going to be Allen Robinson. So, um, In the backfield, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, baby. Caught you know five passes. You know Bell cow, baby. Watching the game, I was like, wow, Terry Cohen's getting a lot of work. He didn't. But Jordan Howard, no, he was getting a lot of work in the beginning of the game. Yeah. But Jordan Howard was still getting work while Cohen was getting work. Right. So that should put any fears aside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy will be able to use both of these running backs. Howard had 70% of the snaps, 75% of the carries. Five targets, 55% of the targets, 53% of running back routes, which are all way up from He the ran 22 year. routes. Cohen ran 10. 23 routes. But, yep. My research says 22. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Taylor, they tried to involve Taylor Gabriel a couple times, but he's not a fantasy-relevant player at the moment. Um, Someone to watch list. Would you drop Terry Cohen? Let's say you're a Delaney Walker owner. You have Terry Cohen I on mean, your bench. I You need a tight end. He was being drafted before I felt comfortable taking him. So for the people that drafted him that high, they probably feel like they should hold on to him. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind dropping him. Let's go over to our last team of the week, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, all right. Let me tell you about running back by committee. This is it. Yes. They, they split They split 50-50 as well. 26 snaps for Carson, 25 for Penny. They yeah, both had seven good. carries, four targets for Carson, five targets for Penny. They're literally two, uh, one human being cut in half. And do you want half of a running back on Seattle? No. The answer is no. No. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't know if I want a full running back on Seattle. I have Chris Carson. Chris Carson is good in one of though. my leagues, and I'm trying to trade him so hard. Yeah, uh, if he was, Pete Carroll did say that Chris back. Carson is the lead back today, though. He Let's did see the hurdle. Yeah. But Chris, let me tell you something about Pete Carroll. Don't listen to the word that fucking guy says. Liar, liar, liar. His pants are totally on. He is fire. the worst. The worst. Let me tell you something though. Russell Wilson, I got him ranked as my second quarterback this week. Because guess what? Eight straight primetime games, Russell Wilson is going to QB one. He likes the spotlight. He's going to shine. Interesting. He also has even, a trash team. Even when, yeah, even when Khalil Mack is coming and uh, you got guys like Jermaine Ifedi and uh, J.R. Sweezy on that Sweezy. side. This guy really is a beast, man. But talking about Disley. Did someone say Disley? I heard Disley because you were saying weird names. Uh, Vanette ran more routes than Disley did. He ran 46% of the snaps let me tell you something Disley yeah. ran 40 can i just vent I'm on this real quick because as you guys know because i forced us to draft him in the last round of our uh Vanette, yes yeah i was super high on seattle tight ends this year and i feel like i was almost super high in the sense that you drafted him with your last pick in a 20 pick best ball sure but i just i mean I, i'm trying to defend you here because super high makes it seem like you thought Vanette was going to be a tight end number eight overall i think he had, i think that the Seattle tight end had a chance to be a top 12 tight end. I think they still do. The problem is, I didn't think it was going to be fucking Disley. I, don't I thought think it was going to be, be Vanette. I don't think it will be. I don't think, I don't it, think will it will be, be either. either. I don't think it will be either. I think Vanette's the guy. Tim, what do you think? I have him ranked at 27. Michael has him ranked at 41. Who? Tyler Lockett. Uh, once Doug Baldwin left the game, Tyler Lockett ran 15 of his last 21 routes out of the slot. If you're, I've, There's no love being given to Tyler Lockett around the entire fantasy community right now. And I don't understand it. If you have Tyler Lockett in this game, make make it happen because I, the 
if there's one good thing about the defense of the Chicago Bears, it's the front seven and the fact that they can get some pressure. It's funny because they went from a weakness of theirs to a strength just because of Khalil Mack. And it's going to have to be Wilson on the run, and he's going to have to find people. Who's going to get open on the run? Brandon Marshall? No. I've it's going to be Lockett. ever told anyone to start Tyler Lockett. But with him taking over Baldwin's role after Baldwin got hurt, that's a guy you want. Hell yeah. I'm starting him in one of my leagues. Well, I started Mike Williams in that spot last week, but I'm starting Tyler Lockett over him this week. And I'd even consider uh, Brandon Marshall as a flex play. Marshall. You got to rank at 39. I think Brandon Marshall is one of the more underrated uh, pickups this week on the fab market. Like, you can get Marshall for probably I got him seven, for, eight bucks. I got him for 10 bucks. 10 bucks, yeah. I think and, that's a great and deal. And our league, we said it as 160, so that's 116th of my fab. So Bang, bang. Um, Russell Wilson is a play. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's everyone. Jerron Brown. Jerron Brown's Brown. an interesting name that we put at the back of our waiver list. Yeah, he's behind Lockett and Marshall, both made of tissue paper. So he could easily be the number one receiver like next week. He could easily be the only receiver. He could only he could be the one receiver, not even the number one receiver. Um, that is our preview for the week. If you uh, obviously things change, we are recording this. It's Wednesday at ten thirty p.m. on the East Coast right now. We are in New York City, so uh, things change. Follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Also follow our personals at Tim Petrop at, at Mike underscore Petrop and at Jason Petrop for you? anything. Uh, that this is usually not how I do it. I don't yeah, know why I, I changed the format here. You didn't pass it on to me, but right, man? You're selfish. Only if you're real for frisky. Prick. Damn, I, I don't like that word. That's an ugly word. You just got frisky a little bit. Too frisky. Prick is an ugly word. It is. All right. It's only meant for the worst people. Sign our pricks. Peace.